0: And it's what I call a litigation vortex with the whole thing going down the drain, right? One thing drives the other. The more they settle cases, the more it impacts the lawsuits, the more lawsuits are filed, the more cases they settle for more money. And they continue to charge the customer, the trucking companies more for premiums and give them less insurance along the way. And it just continues to circulate. And that's what's going on in the trucking industry, I think, nationwide. Cause for Action is brought to you by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce Institute for Legal Reform, the leading legal reform advocate in the U.S. and around the world. Learn more at instituteforlegalreform.com.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cause for Action. I'm Nathan Morris, Senior Vice President for Legal Reform Advocacy at the U.S. Chamber of Commerce Institute for Legal Reform. Um, The supply chain crisis is real, and it's affecting a lot of consumers, whether they're buying furniture that needs to be delivered or seeing shortages of their favorite products in stores. There are a lot of contributing factors, but one of the major problems is with something that we may take for granted. A lot goes into getting products moved from point A to point B, and that's something that's being complicated by lawsuits against trucking companies. Truckers move 70% of all freight in the U.S. We can thank a trucker for getting food to the market, close to the department store, and that must-have item delivered overnight directly to our home. Virtually all industries depend on truckers to move goods as safely and quickly as possible. This foundational element of our economy is facing labor shortages and lawsuits. The trucking industry has more massive lawsuit verdicts, or what we in the legal reform community, call nuclear verdicts, than most other industries. Those are generally defined as trial verdicts of $10 million or more. My guest today is Lee Parsley. He's general counsel for Texans for Lawsuit Reform and someone who's successfully helped truckers in Texas fight back against his state's Aggressive trial bar. We'll dive into some of the issues the industry faces and what legislators can do to make sure that excessive lawsuits don't shut down this critical industry. Welcome, Lee.
0: Good afternoon, Nathan. How are you today?
1: I'm doing well. Um, On this topic, what are some of the major problems currently facing the trucking industry?
0: Well, you'd have identified, as you say, the nuclear verdicts. That is, at least in Texas and as I understand it nationwide, the problem that's uh, really driving. Uh, the industry and in, in not in a good way. The nuclear verdicts cause the insurance companies who insure trucking companies to become very concerned about their litigation environment. And so what do they do to fix the problem? They raise the rates on their customers, the trucking companies. They raise the deductibles on the trucking companies. They, they in, on the whole, try to make more money from the trucking companies so they can pay the large claims. And then the other thing they do on the other end of the spectrum is they began to get afraid of the courtroom and so they began to settle cases and so they any case that comes through the door at some point has value to the insurance company they're willing to write a check for every case at some amount of money because they want to avoid another nuclear verdict they want to avoid getting hit really hard in the courtroom and so as they settle cases more rapidly as they settle cases for more money. They must increase their premiums to their customers more again. And it's what I call a litigation vortex with the whole thing going down the drain, right? One thing drives the other. The more they settle cases, the more it invites the lawsuits, the more lawsuits are filed, the more cases they settle for more money, and they continue to charge the customer, the trucking companies more for premiums and give them less insurance along the way. And it just continues to circulate. And and that's what's going on in the trucking industry, I think, nationwide, is that the lawsuits are driving the costs of the trucking companies to such an extent that they are struggling uh, to make their margins, they're struggling to stay in business. And so when you look at it in the macro, what you see is that large trucking companies can continue to survive quickly. They have the resources, they have the financial backing, they survive. The smaller mom and pop kind of trucking companies are the ones who began to fail because they can't afford these astronomical increases in their insurance rates that are driven by the litigation. And so the industry begins to consolidate. And on the whole, uh, you know, our point of view in Texas would be that that's overall a negative for our consumers. Fewer people running uh, mom and pop businesses, fewer people succeeding in mom and pop businesses, overall is something we shouldn't encourage. We, we should try to re- reverse that trend.
1: So you mentioned costs. Um, Let's talk about sort of frequency, right? No matter how careful truckers are, there are about 3.5 million drivers on the road in a given day, Um, maybe more than that. A small percentage of folks are going to get in traffic accidents every year, every day. Um, And when there are accidents, there are going to be lawsuits. So how often are truckers getting sued compared to others? And do you see the number of trucking lawsuits increasing? And what does that look like compared to the rest of the litigation environment?
0: Well... Yes, truckers are being sued more often than uh, you and I who are driving passenger cars probably at about twice the rate of lawsuits against passenger car uh, drivers, at least in Texas. So here's what we know from the statistics in Texas. You can go gather it from the Texas Department of Transportation on the one hand, and you can gather statistics from the Texas Supreme Court on the other hand, who tracks caseloads? And what you see are that in Texas, we are having increased usage of our highways there are more passenger cars there are more trucks on the road they're driving cumulatively more miles on texas highways year after year after year it's just busier our highways are busier places but the texas department of transportation also tracks the number of accidents on texas highways the number of severe accidents on texas highways as an accident that causes a severe injury and the number of fatalities caused in accidents on Texas highways. And what our statistics unquestionably show in Texas is that although there are more miles being driven by more vehicles, the proportion is shrinking. In other words, our cars are safer, our trucks are safer, people are using more seat belts. So the number of accidents as a proportion of highway miles is getting smaller. The number of severe accidents as a proportion of highway miles is getting smaller. The number of fatalities as a proportion of highways miles is getting smaller in Texas. At the same time, the Supreme Court statistics have shown that over the past 11 years, the number of lawsuits based on accidents on our highways has more than doubled. So the highways are getting safer, and certainly the proportions are getting much better, but yet the lawsuits have more than doubled. So there's something going on. Uh, other than the severity of accidents and the fatalities and the number of accidents. And what's going on is is you probably see most people do that there's a lot of advertising for lawsuits against trucking companies. And so they're seeing, again, in Texas, uh, probably twice as many uh, lawsuits against trucking companies on average than passenger car companies. We're seeing one in 10 across the entire spectrum, one in 10 uh, crashes results in a lawsuit in Texas. Now, 10 years ago, it was one in 20 approximately crashes resulted in a lawsuit. And that number just continues to go up. And again, truckers are sued twice as often as passenger car owners.
1: That's So, safety's improved, lawsuits
0: up, cost up.
1: Right. And you mentioned advertising, which you know, around the country, we see that driving a lot of additional litigation. I was going to ask you about uh, litigation finance, and that's hedge funds and others coming to invest in lawsuits. And do you think that's impacting trucking
0: litigation in Texas? Absolutely. I, I think that where it's most impactful in Texas is that the, uh, the hedge funds and the other funders for this side of our economy are funding the advertisements. So you, the advertisements about plaintiff lawyers in Texas for trucking company lawsuits are ubiquitous statewide every day, every hour, virtually every minute on the television set in Texas, you're seeing an advertisement by a lawyer saying, have you been hit by a truck? Call my telephone number. And so the the dollars and cents being spent by the lawyers in Texas on these advertisements is unbelievable. And that's borrowed money. So they're borrowing it from the lawsuit funders to pay for the advertisements, which generates more and more lawsuits, which, as I said earlier, the insurance companies, because they're afraid of nuclear verdicts, are settling more quickly, more quickly, more quickly, and for more money each time. So it's truly just a litigation vortex, and it's driven at its base by the funding companies. They're paying, essentially, for the advertisements. They're loaning the money for it, and they're taking back a good return on investment, it appears.
1: So the growing number of lawsuits, obviously, is having impact on the trucking companies, with some closing down and others having to raise rates. Uh, But the impact goes beyond that. Um, What are you seeing from businesses that rely on truckers?
0: Well, we're seeing just what you started the show with. Uh, Businesses that rely on truckers can't get products on their shelves in Texas. Uh, You can go to any grocery store in my town of Austin, Texas, and you will see shelves that are empty that two and three years and five years ago we're absolutely jam packed with with products. Uh, it's it's uh, if you order something and you get one of the overnight delivery services, whether they're going to be able to accurately predict when that when that product is going to show up on your front porch so you can open the door and pick it up is uh, getting more and more difficult for them. Uh, it is all driven by the litigation environment, which is making it just much more difficult for the trucking companies to perform on highways and. Uh, the supply shortages are real in Texas. I don't know whether they look like everywhere else, but they're real in Texas. And, and it's, at least in some part, driven by the litigation environment here and nationwide, frankly.
1: Texas has long been a leader on litigation abuse issues and working to address them. And you've done quite a bit over the last couple of years on trucking specifically. Can you talk a bit about that?
0: We, we have. We succeeded in that last legislative session. And let, and let me tell you, Texas is maybe a little bit unusual. where We definitely are not like the United States Congress. Our legislature meets in odd-numbered years, so 2021, 2023, and you know 2025, and we meet for 140 days at the beginning of the year. So the easiest way to say that is we meet for about five months every other year, and then our legislature is gone. So we've got to get our work done pretty quickly in Texas. In the last legislative session, which has now been ended about a year ago, uh, we managed to pass a trucking litigation bill in Texas to try to draw a line. And, And the line you've got to draw when you do this is to separate on the one side, the lawsuits that should be filed. That is someone has been injured, truly injured in an accident involving a truck that was the trucking company's fault. And that person can't resolve their problem through negotiations before filing the lawsuit. So they go to the courthouse and they seek a legitimate recovery. On the other side of that line is what we see over and over and over in Texas is that there are lawsuits filed by people who either caused the accident themselves and then they file a lawsuit nonetheless, or they were involved in a fender bender and were not injured, but yet suddenly, you know, two years after the Vendor, bender. They file a lawsuit claiming a substantial back injury or sometimes a bruised heart or a number of other things that are difficult for the defendants to refute. And so and so, you, go, you have to draw the line. You have to figure out how legislatively, how in the laws of Texas can you separate out the legitimate lawsuits from the ones that never should be filed. We did that, uh, we hope, in the last legislative session in Texas, and it's a pretty complicated bill about how cases are tried in the courtroom. But the overall goal is to is to allow people who are truly injured to get to court and receive fair compensation and to weed out those cases that just shouldn't be filed and i if you've got a minute i, I can you know I, i'll give you a couple of examples about how bad the environment has been in texas Here, they, go they, ahead so as i said the, the cases fall in really in my view of it three basic categories one the, the fault for the accident was the driver of the passenger car not the truck Number two, the driver of the passenger car was involved in an accident, but not hurt. And number three, you have those instances where the truck caused the accident and the person in the passenger car was hurt. So the first of those, you know, in a case in Harris County, which is Houston, our biggest city in Texas, a fellow out riding his bicycle for exercise, and he was a Houston firefighter and a triathlete. And you probably know what a triathlete does. They swim, they run, and they ride bicycles. So it wasn't the first time he'd ever been on a bicycle. He's riding out for exercise, apparently going down a hill in Houston, and has his head down, and he hits the back of a parked truck delivering landscape supplies. So two years later, his widow sues the trucking company and the driver of the truck. And they defend on the basis of, This fellow hit us from behind, and we were legally parked. Well, the trial judge in Harris County would not let the trucking company tell the jury that the truck was legally parked. He excluded that evidence, so the jury was left to think it was an illegally parked truck. And then the widow testified, hearsay, that somebody had told her that the truck, like sort of a Seinfeld episode, had stopped short, had stopped rather quickly, and so the bicyclist hit the truck because the truck stopped quickly. The jury returned a verdict for forty million dollars. The insurance companies and the trucking company settled with the widow for nine point seven five million dollars. But again, if you, if I hit you on the streets today, Nathan, from behind, you, the police and the insurance company would all say it was my fault. But the bicycle hits a parked truck, legally parked truck from behind. It's really not the trucking company's fault. But yet, in Texas, that case resulted in a nine point seven five million dollar settlement to the widow. Now, it's a bad story. It's bad that someone died, and I have sympathy for the widow and her children and the family, but still, uh, it's just hard to see that the trucking company was at fault. In a case in East Texas, it was a fender bender. The truck made a mistake, changed lanes, and clipped the back of a pickup that was traveling parallel to the truck down the highway in a four-lane divided highway. The driver of the pickup gets out and tells the local police officer. I'm not hurt. Feel fine. No problem. Showed no signs of injury. His pickup was drivable, more than drivable. It was barely injured. The pickup had hardly anything going on. 24 hours later, he goes to the local emergency room saying he has kind of a stiff neck. And the emergency room x-rays him, examines him, says, nothing's wrong. You can go back to work. Then his father said, well, you should talk to the local plaintiff lawyer. And guess what? Well, the plaintiff lawyer referred him to the, friendly chiropractor who referred him to the friendly pain specialist who referred him to the friendly back surgeon. Next thing you know, he has $400,000 worth of medical bills and he sues the trucking company claiming that uh, he'll never be able to pick up his grandchild again. It was literally a fender bender, but yet the trucking company ends up in a lawsuit. That case was tried and the trucking company, because they didn't know they were ever going to be sued, as you can imagine, They had thrown away records regarding this accident, like they throw away lots of other documents, right? As time went along, they cleared out their files. But two years after the accident, they get sued. The case is tried not on who caused the accident, but whether the trucking company was a bad actor because it cleaned out its files and threw away evidence or what might have been evidence. So the whole case is tried on an issue that has nothing to do with who caused the accident or who was injured, $101 million jury verdict in Texas, uh, the judge signed a judgment for 32 million, trimmed back that 101 to 32 million dollars. The case is still on appeal in Texas. 32 million dollars from a fender bender. So we're we're trying to draw that line where those cases are not obviously going to be profitable for the plaintiff lawyers when the trucking company just does not appear to have, uh, even though the facts are sympathetic, the trucking company doesn't appear to have any responsibility. Or it's a fender bender, and it appears from all the evidence that uh, the person is just not injured. And those are the kinds of cases we're hoping to make less likely to be profitable in our courts in Texas. And if we do that, we think that things will begin to normalize in Texas in the trucking business, and hopefully our store shelves will begin to follow up again.
1: Uh- That was a successful reform effort, but it's only in Texas. Um, What advice would you give to those around the country who are confronting similar problems uh, and to folks looking at the problem with a national perspective?
0: Well, my first advice is that uh, I think everyone involved in the trunking companies, their insurers need to be bolder and, and not engage in the litigation vortex. That is... Don't just settle lawsuits to settle lawsuits. You really do have sometimes to just go repeatedly to the courthouse and defend yourself and 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 make your best case and sometimes lose. But one of the problems is the too quick to settle problem, in my opinion. The second thing I'd say is that uh, we have to collectively, as a society, understand that not everything. Not every sore back is worth ten million dollars. Not we when we go serve on juror juries, and serving on juries is absolutely critical. When we go serve on juries, we need to take our common sense with us, and that's again a critical aspect of this. Is jurors have to understand that sometimes what they're hearing is, you know, not uh, valuable in the sense of tens and hundreds of millions of dollars that they have to exercise some common sense. Those are really the kind of the big things that anybody can do. And then legislatures around Texas need to do, I mean, around the country, need to do what the Texas legislature did, which is uh, go in and try to pass legislation to draw the line between the legitimate lawsuits and the ones that really shouldn't be in the system.
1: Well, we thanks so much for visiting me today. And uh, thanks to all of you who are listening to Cause for Action and we'll be back again soon with another episode
0: thank you nathan i enjoyed it